is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. This is episode 137 of the Go Blue Crew. We're creeping up to that uh, famed 150. Uh, maybe the only decent positive thing that happens to us this year. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, we're going to talk about Michigan, Wisconsin coming up on Saturday night. But first, Derek, uh, we got to take a step back and and just evaluate where things are right now with the one and two Michigan team uh, that's you know, become a laughing stock on in some corners of the internet, and and uh, a lot of fans are are sitting there with their mouths open wondering how the heck did this happen? Do you have any answers? Because I certainly don't. Yeah, I think I you know was going from a place of. I think Michigan, you know, has the potential to turn it on and, and kind of bounce back, even against a great Indiana team. And they showed some signs of, you know, what could be to come or, or what a, you know, well put together drive looks like, what a few defensive stops look like. But, you know, overall, the defense can't stop anybody. The offense isn't always, you know, turning on all cylinders. And so it went from, you know, this could be a bounce back opportunity, even in a close matchup. Um, to, you know, Michigan looks like they aren't going to accomplish anything. And I think that's kind of where you, you know, you focus on the rest of the season kind of big picture and think, hey, we, you know, briefly discussed this. We didn't think that this was a high possibility at the beginning of the season, but we had even, you know, touted four and four. And it's, you know, becoming very likely that will be the case. Um, and, and it could honestly be worse with some of the, the output we saw. So again, I, and, and we'll talk about this when we get to predictions and matchups and stuff. Um, there's a lot of unknown with this game this weekend just because of Wisconsin coming off of the two two bye weeks, essentially. Um, it, it seems like a team that could, you know, put something together. That, again, they showed enough positive things on offense, and, you know, they've, they've had a few moments on defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they they beat a depleted team to start the season. They could be playing a depleted team in week four of the season. If that's what it takes to win, I mean, I guess you take the win. But yeah, I mean, things aren't looking good being one and two. And, you know, we had talked about that being a possibility as well when we were talking about kind of a uh, less than season. But we weren't expecting the losses to come to, to, to Michigan State. Um, we had kind of talked about, yeah, they could lose to Minnesota, likely will lose to Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, I mean, now you have, you know, losses to Michigan state, which was unheard of at the time, makes a little bit more sense after watching, uh, Michigan play. But if you looked at Michigan state play, it, it still makes no sense. Um, and then Indiana, you know, that was always a trap game, uh, a game that we've always kind of circled and, and that turned into be really a beat down, uh, no matter what the final score ended up being. So yeah, I think fans, uh, feel lost and you just got to hope that the program, internally doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I want to reiterate something I said uh, last week before the Indiana game, which is that Michael Penix Jr. is kind of that prototype quarterback who uh, can give Michigan fits in year, in recent years past, but he did it in a different way. It wasn't because he was scrambling and making plays. It was because uh, he was uh, throwing the ball downfield, as we saw Rocky Lombardi do the week prior uh, with Michigan State. And it's not a good uh, good sign when three games into the season, your head coach has to get in front of media and and say that he has confidence 
in his defensive coordinator. That's, I mean, your program's not doing good things if that's the case. And uh, I mean, as much as people, you know, complain about Don Brown from from time to time, especially, you know, in the, in the Ohio State games, uh, that I'm sure, you know, being three games into the season and already kind of coming to this crossroads has 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 uh, tripped up even even the the biggest Don Brown haters out there. And I just, I really worry if, if Wisconsin is able to come into this thing, like kind of close to full force on offense that we're, you know, we may not know about uh, their starting quarterback Ram Mertz status and until Saturday, it seems like that's a a toss up right now, but uh, if he's able to play based on what he did week one against Illinois, I mean, it's, it's just so, so scary to think of, of what like, good competent offenses might be able to do to Michigan and they're going to be facing one of those probably against Wisconsin. Yeah, I I think for me I look at just, you know, trying to be hopeful that what you see in the field just looks, you know, a bit better than than the game before. And it just I didn't see enough of that this past weekend and and I predicted a win against Indiana. Uh, you predicted, you know, a loss, which you're right. Congrats. Um, I know Thank we re- you. Revisit those things. Yeah. But yeah, I I saw, you know, again, I saw some great moments from Joe Milton. We saw some bad moments. Um, he really forced a couple of balls there late, you know, playing uh, from behind. But you know, he's going to throw an interception at some point. Surprise! It actually took him as long as it did. So I don't want to, you know, put those put him down for that too much. Uh, he was just in a bad situation. But we've talked in every game, I think, or going into every game that, you know, you've got to give a guy like that a chance to not play from behind. And it's been two weekends in a row where they've played from behind. They've had to basically abandon the run, one, because it's not working, and two, because that's not going to get you back in ball games, especially when it's not effective. And he's been put in some tough spots. And I think, you know, the offense, again, has, has shown some flashes. But when you're playing from behind and when you're, you know, you're really relying on the, the defense to get stops and they're not, um, I mean, I don't care how well, you know, special teams look good, how good special teams looks or how well a punter's playing. I mean, that's one one uh, facet of the game. And there's two others that really seem to be struggling at times, especially the defense. So with Wisconsin, I mean, if, if, you know, all are healthy or most are healthy or, you know, not too rusty off of, you know, multiple guys missing practices and the whole team not playing uh, two weekends in a row, um, I guess we'll see what it looks like. I mean, teams can come out from bowl prep and, and be fine without playing games. And so, you know, as long as, as they've had enough time to, to get something under the belt, I think they'll look okay or at least um, warm up as the game goes on. But, yeah, I mean, this could be a terrible beatdown uh just with with how you know good wisconsin looked in the passing game against illinois and how bad michigan's looked defending the pass if you think back to uh before the season when we were trying to set some reasonable expectations for joe milton one of the things we talked about was uh this hypothetical scenario that is no longer hypothetical but it's late in the game you need joe milton to take the offense down the field and when we talked about it, we were probably saying things like tie or take the lead. Um, against Indiana, it was to make it a one-possession game, which for so much of that game felt like it was out of reach. And then it was like kind of there. And you're like, wow, like this could actually become something. And we we talked about like how lenient should we be with him 
uh, when he makes a mistake. And that's exactly what happened. Even if uh, the, 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 the run game was, was better. And even if there weren't so many holes in the defense, we, we basically landed on saying, you know, we, we got to give him a break and we got to let him adjust to this, to this new role. Uh, given the fact that two weekends in a row now, it's been all on his shoulders. And we've been saying that's like the opposite of what you need to do for your first year starting quarterback. I think, you know, we, we, we definitely owe him a lot of patience and to fans credit. I think that's mostly been done. I was um, pretty unplugged from Twitter um, on Saturday. I didn't see though, like anybody, you know, calling chill Milton a trash quarterback or anything like that. And, but we're going to have to keep doing that. I think, unfortunately, I mean, would not be surprised at all if Michigan's in a similar situation against Wisconsin. And it's just something that you, you have to keep reminding yourself, like it doesn't have to be this way. It certainly shouldn't be this way. We shouldn't be looking at Joe Milton starting his fourth game now saying, all right, kid, go out there and, and do it all because nothing else is working and, and we need you to pull through. That's just uh, extremely unfair to him. Yeah, and even more unfair when you consider the fact that, you know, Lions got a block for him. They've got to create a run game, you know, a couple of new starters on the line. Um, running backs not very effective and, and hardly being utilized. You know, they're, I think Charbonnet might have had a carry or two. And the stu- – the, the, excuse me, I don't mean to, to cut you off, but you brought up the run game, the stubbornness of trying to go between the tackles when that's clearly, like, not going to be your bread and butter. You've got all this speed, not only at running back, but out wide at those receiver positions, and it's just so underutilized. But, you know what, I digress. Back to you, Derek. I'm sorry. No, that's a. I think that's a great point. I mean, if you even you know were watching Twitter for the Iowa-Michigan State game, Iowa found a ton of success – uh, on the outside and, and going, you know, horizontal. And I, and I think that that's the problem is you, you see other teams kind of exploit a weakness of, of a Michigan State defense, and Michigan seems so stubborn in that. But, yeah, you've got, you know, guys highly touted running back room uh, doing essentially nothing uh, really two weekends in a row after really exploding in that first weekend. And, and yeah, I, I just – I mean, it's it's unfair to to put it all in. Receivers aren't aren't getting space, creating space. I mean, he has missed some some uh, you know, he has he's had great opportunities and he's he's missed and not capitalized on a couple of them. He really seems to still struggle throwing the ball twenty yards or more. Um, again, it's it's all about flashes and he's shown some great things. And I guess if you're being optimistic and you're looking forward to uh, hopefully a normal season in twenty twenty one, I mean, this dude's already gone through it in three games um and already you know taking some big l's and, and some l's that you know will live uh in jim harbaugh's resume forever and, and potentially will kind of come back to him uh, if he's going to continue to be the starter at michigan going into next year but i mean if he's as good as advertised again i think it's just a matter of time he needs this experience again i think that he's shown me enough to to give me the confidence that he's the best option um, and, and can do some really, you know, damaging things from the, the quarterback spot uh, to opposing defenses. But yeah, I mean, you've got to help him out a little. And, and if there's one thing I'm looking for this weekend, it's you know whether it's a receiver popping off like a Ronnie Bell who who had some success, um, or a Roman Wilson who's who's been great with the touches he's gotten, or, or a running back going back over 100 yards. 
um, and, and toting the rock 10 to 15 times. Um, something's got to happen. And, and again, I, I love seeing Joe Milton make the plays that we you know, kind of were hoping for him to make the season, but he needs some help. And if, yeah, if there's anything this weekend that I'm looking forward to, it's, it's that he gets that help and at least puts Michigan in a position to not always be a possession or two down. All right, looking at this Wisconsin game, Badgers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite as of Thursday evening. Uh, ESPN's Football Power Index really loves the Badgers, 87.3% chance to win this one. Uh, I mean, not all that surprising. Tough thing here, obviously, is you know we've seen Wisconsin play one game, and that was against Illinois. Um, go Brandon Peters, by the way, I guess. But – it's it's still Wisconsin. Like it's still a strong offensive line. You don't have Jonathan Taylor back there this year, but what you did was you upgraded the quarterback position. If you're a Wisconsin fan, uh, uh, twenty to twenty one for Graham Mertz. So just a ridiculous first game for him. Uh, he found a favorite target in Jake Ferguson, who got seven passes for for three touchdowns. He'll be a huge test, I'm sure, for Michigan's secondary. You know, we might be looking at a a third week of, of a receiver in a passing game, just finding its stride and not facing much resistance. I I have a hard time believing Michigan can win this one. And I think that's, that's saying a lot, considering how little uh, we know about Wisconsin relative to the rest of the league at this point. And also the fact that you know, Wisconsin uh, may be without Graham Mertz. We, we don't know that. Maybe without some other players, uh, potentially, you know, some, some key players. And maybe Saturday afternoon or evening or whatever, and we learn that Wisconsin's going to be down a couple offensive linemen or something like that. That kind of stuff is always in the cards. But it's still just weird to have all those variables and, and still be this down on Michigan. Uh, do you feel any different? I really don't. I mean, I do think it takes, you know, a very depleted roster and, and lack of a, a stud quarterback for Michigan to pull this off. And that's they just want to play out of their minds like Michigan State found a way to do. Um, this is a, you know, a, a series dating back that's um, recent years where, you know, the home teams had the advantage and, and at times been blowouts uh, with the home team. Um, you know, even going back to the Jordan Lewis one-handed grab, that was only a 14-7 game, but still a, you know, Michigan home victory against Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, this has been a, uh, this would be a year, I guess, you know, that you would, that Michigan uh, would, would have the upper hand. Obviously, um, home games look different. This Michigan team does not look very good. And so, yeah, I, I think I'm right with you. It would take a depleted Wisconsin team similar to Minnesota uh, to to win this ball game. And I just don't see it happening unless we get that news. And even then I don't have the confidence that I, that I wish I did. I mean, I just wish that I could even feel like the game would be close, but if Wisconsin's, you know, 90% healthy and, and has their starting quarterback, I mean, I don't think Michigan has a shot uh, just based off what they've shown in the last two weekends. It felt like that first weekend more than ever, in a Michigan football season. And this has happened other seasons. They've, they've come out and, and won big in openers, and they've also had openers where they've stunk it up. But, you know, this is by far the weirdest season. I'm sure every college football fan will say that in general. I mean, there's, you know, feels like half the games are getting canceled each weekend. Big Ten has a cancellation this weekend. So, yeah, weird season and, you know, just looking for positive signs and, and getting into that um, – trying to be optimistic for 2021 mode because there's not really much to root for 
on a, on a Saturday right now when you're watching Wolverine. Yeah, so I want to go back to the run game. Uh, this is the, the distribution of carries last week against Indiana. Hassan Haskins had uh, had six. That was the most. Uh, Joe Milton had five. Chris Evans had three. Zach Charbonnet only had one, like you talked about. Blake Quorum had two. Giles Jackson had one. Obviously, you know they, they didn't run the ball a whole lot because, as you said, it wasn't working. And then eventually you kind of have to abandon it because – even if it was working, it's, it's not going to bring you back into that game. Do you expect the distribution to kind of remain similar to that? I mean, Hassan Haskins has definitely had the most success of the running backs, but I I have a hard time believing Zach Charbonnet is only going to get one carry. Or, you know, I feel like Blake Corm is probably going to end up with more than two touches. I, and, and Joe Milton, probably I would look for him to get some more designed runs or at least uh, have him making more reads than it appeared he was making against Indiana. So how do you feel about the carries distribution in that backfield? You know, I, I'm all for, you know, sharing the wealth. I think that they've, I don't think it's a lack of talent. I really do think it's just, you know, they're not having success with the the style of, of run they're trying. I mean, they're just trying to power up the middle. It's not working. Um, at times it's worked to go, you know, to the outside defenses have really kind of honed in on you know what what should be a good running game um so yeah i'm all about uh spreading the wealth and, and the distribution but i would at this point i think like to see you know haskins get a carry before the second quarter for example or zach charbonnet get more than one touch as a running back i, I just feel like you know and again really nothing was working so i, I don't want to focus too much on what happened against indiana that's a great defense and that's a great team credit where credit's due but yeah if it's if it's working uh the run game's working i think you'll see the the wealth spread more but if it's not i mean you almost gotta just gotta let one guy find a groove because you know at some point um yeah i, I think they're it's almost like they're trying too hard and they're, and they're trying the same style they're barely getting to the outside it's just a handoff up the middle for multiple guys. When Ben Mason's in there, it's almost a guaranteed run play. Um, even though, you know, in the first game of the season, Ben Mason caught a ball um, for a touchdown. So it just it seems predictable, a lot more predictable than I think we would expect in Gas's, you know, second year. Maybe some of that's because of Joe Milton. Maybe some of that's because of the line limitations. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I would like to see the wealth continued spread if it's working. And if not, maybe honing in on, you know, the, the guys with the most experience. You know, I think the we're numbered on the num, uh, on the days that we can say Joe Milton is kind of uh, cramping the playbook, the play calling for Josh Gaddis, because what we saw in the first two weeks, you know, what he did against Indiana was a big improvement over those, over those first two weeks. He pushed the ball down the field. He was a lot more accurate. And I, you know, not that I'm in his head, but I feel like some of it was probably just like, what have you got to lose? Just throw the ball downfield and see what happens. And he made quite a few plays through for 344 yards. If he can make that a more consistent part of his game, and if Michigan maybe early in the game can get guys like Blake Corum, Chris Evans, uh, you know, the Roman Wilson, Giles Jackson, those really speedy receivers, if they can get them, uh, involved in stretching the field, maybe that opens things up for for more of your bruisers like Hassan Haskins and Zach Charbonnet to get between the tackles. 
it, it, what what they're doing right now isn't working, but I think there might be something on the horizon here if Joe Milton can keep taking these steps forward in the passing game. And now uh, defenses can't walk those safeties up because you have to respect the fact that he can go over the top of you. It's those things that, that maybe uh, can let this offense settle into some kind of a groove. And I don't know if it happens against Wisconsin, but uh, I think we saw a step last week, and and if he can continue to take those steps, and the offense can can find a way from to benefit from that, I think that'd be a major improvement. Yeah. Let's get here to our matchup that we're looking forward to. I'm going to be watching Michigan's defensive front try to put some pressure on Graham Mertz or whoever's at quarterback for Wisconsin. Uh, you were already really struggling the last two weeks, didn't get a single sack. Now you're going to be without Aiden Hutchinson. I I mean, you can't put it all on Quiddy Pay. There has to be some kind of maybe the answer is more creativity. Like, I don't know what the answer is. There's a reason I'm not a defensive coordinator but they have to get pressure on the quarterback because i'm i'm kind of at the point where you know michigan's secondary is what it is and we can't expect um we can't expect them to just turn things around on a dime and all of a sudden uh be you know great in pass coverage um you know that they're maybe it's maybe it's a scheming issue back there where you're asking the guys to do too much i don't know but you know i do know that you could take a lot of pressure off of that pass defense, if you were able to generate some pressure. So that's the matchup I'm looking at. I'm going to go defense as well, and I'm going to go linebacking core. Um, I look at a guy like a Michael Barrett, who seemed to be everywhere in week one, even being sick. Um, Cam McGrone, you know, touted as the the next best thing to, to fill um, Devin Bush's role. And then Josh Ross, a guy that is, you know, seemingly been quiet. I think if you kind of look at that line, especially when you, you think of a, a good tight end, 
group from Wisconsin and, and, you know, that's likely who's going to end up covering a tight end at times. I just think that, you know, like you, like you said, with the guys on the line, um, you know, that those guys in the middle, those linebackers need to help that can help the secondary as well. So from getting pressure to, to knowing coverages, knowing where to sit in the zone where Michigan tried to go and, and just didn't have success. I mean, they look like a team that hadn't practiced zone at all. Um, you know, man's not working, you go to zone and it, it looked worse in my opinion. And so, you know, I think that line of, of defenders, um, you know, moving them around, creating pressure, everything's just seemed so predictable on offense and defense. And, and I think that's a group there that can also get it going and just provide that extra help to the secondary. That's probably going to struggle as the year goes on. Yeah. Really quick, before I get to my key to the game, uh, just talking about the, the pass defense, I think the big benefit to going man with Michigan's defense is that there are times where you know the corners they just plain get beat. That's happened a couple times, but it seems like for the most part they're just it, they're not finishing the play. They're not looking back at the ball and 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 playing the ball. They're getting a lot of defensive pass interference calls. Uh, they're they're in position. But they again don't. I mean, they just—they're not playing the ball well enough. So maybe you know, maybe we're, we're we're too pessimistic about man coverage in this defense, and and the fix is actually as simple as you know, play the ball. You're in position most of the time. Just do that. But I don't know. I, like I said a couple of minutes ago, there's reason uh, we're sitting here on a podcast, and uh, nobody's hired me as a defensive coordinator. My key to the game here. I'm so tempted to do what I did last week and say you have to. Uh, keep the pressure off of Joe Milton, not because he can't handle it, but because it's simply unfair to expect him to to deliver like that. And uh, I'm gonna say you you have to make Graham Mertz if it if he's the quarterback, uh, you have to make him uncomfortable. He was so comfortable in that first game against Illinois, and it showed twenty for twenty one. Uh, I think he had like four, maybe five touchdowns in the first half. Uh, you you have to show him some adversity. You have to get him uh, uncomfortable outside of the pocket. You know, feeling like he has to force some things. That, I mean, that would be, I'm sure, a big hindrance to a young quarterback like Graham Mertz. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I can't agree more with that. And what if I honestly picked the same thing? I think that's a guy who, you know, he hasn't been uncomfortable yet. And you know, any young starter. Um, you know, that first time being uncomfortable, facing adversity, having to make plays. Sure, I think any stud's going to continue to make plays. That's why I have confidence that Joe Milton will be okay moving forward. But, you know, putting him in a situation that he hasn't been in yet after this big delay would be huge. Um, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. I think just getting stops. Uh, Michigan could not stop Indiana at the beginning of the game. They got way down. Things got out of hand, you know, as soon as the game started, it felt like. And so I think last week I said, you know, score and, and start fast. That, that didn't happen. This week, you know, assuming that it's going to take a while to get things going on offense again, you've got to give your offense a chance by getting stops. And you can't, you know, obviously can't be allowing the opposing team to score on the first three possessions, four possessions of the game, um, or even just flipping field position. So come out early, you know, show some things on defense um, that, you know, make everybody happy and, and get some stops. And obviously that will help Michigan's uh, chance at the end of this one. All right. Before we give our predictions, um, I feel like because of how unique this situation is, we should make a prediction assuming that 
Graham Mertz is a starting quarterback. He's able to play and that there aren't any, you know, significant surprises in the COVID environment at Wisconsin waiting for us. And so these predictions we make, if, if that scenario, if that scenario changes come game time and Wisconsin's down to like the third string quarterback, or whatever we scratch them, scrap them. I mean, and, and so when we look back at the end of the season, we're tallying things up. We can throw this one out. What do you say? Yeah, I was already going to give you a, a healthy, not healthy um, two score. Oh. So anyway, so, you know, wow. we're on the same page and we didn't even talk about this pre-show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just you did a lot of a lot more work than me. I just uh, figured out a way to go around it. Um, I did not prepare a a healthy, not healthy prediction. So props I, to you, I didn't Derek. say I was prepared. I was just oh, you know, okay. planning <laughs> to give both. If, I'm probably going to make up the scores on the spot. I'm going to be honest, especially if I'm picking two scenarios. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I say win uh, if Wisconsin's down. Um, you know, without a starting quarterback and other key players. And I say, you know, bad loss if Wisconsin's healthy. And I don't care if they're coming off of, you know, a couple of weeks of not playing. I don't care that, um, you know, a guy like Graham Mertz could be more uncomfortable or it could be rusty or the whole team could be rusty. I, I think, you know, Wisconsin, based on what they've shown in one game, uh, and Michigan, based on what they've shown in three games, Wisconsin's the better team. So uh, I'll take a um, – you know, a Michigan win if it's depleted, and uh, a Wisconsin big win uh, if it's uh, if it's not. Well, what's the numbers on the big Wisconsin win? Uh, I'm going to go with 30 to 17, um, but Michigan scoring late. Uh, so I when I guess maybe not a blowout, but I, I think it's going to be a game kind of like the Indiana game where Michigan's always going to be a couple of possessions behind. I do think that Wisconsin will look slower and take a while to get things going. And so this may be a game that looks closer at the beginning, but I think there's going to come a time if it's a healthy Wisconsin team where you kind of look and, and no matter how much time is left, you just kind of think to yourself, like, no shot. Like, it's just not going to happen. Because um, even if Wisconsin's not scoring like they did in week one, um, you you'd probably assume that Michigan's not scoring either. And so I'm going to go 30-17 with a very late Michigan score. Um, because they always seem to, you know, play well in that last two minutes when they're about to lose. So, <laughs> gotta gotta give them credit. And if it's a, you know, if it's a not very healthy Wisconsin team and they're down a starting quarterback, I'm gonna go with uh, 21 to to 17, uh, Michigan. Another low scoring affair again, assuming that there's not going to be a ton of points, but assuming Michigan's defense can get enough stops against a depleted Wisconsin offense to get the job done. Okay, um, I just want to point out that the optimist would have taken everything you said about Wisconsin perhaps being slow at the beginning, and 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 the optimist would have said that's a great chance for Michigan to to jump out and pounce on the Badgers and try to put this one out of reach early. And uh, it sounds like you have no hope of that happening. I I mean I can't blame you. I wasn't really thinking that was a real possibility either. Um, if if Wisconsin is healthy, I'm going to take a 38-24. Wisconsin win. Um, I, I personally don't see them being super sluggish, and I, I definitely don't see it lasting very long. Uh, if you want to get your offense on track, might I suggest Michigan's defense? So this might be a, a decent first game back for Wisconsin. Who knows? But uh, if if Wisconsin is is not healthy, and specifically if they don't have Graham Mertz, I'm still going to take Wisconsin actually. But I think uh, it'll be 
a lower scoring affair, something like like 24, well, I guess I can't take 27, 24, something like that. Um, it, it just, I don't, like I said in the beginning of this show, like I don't have a, a whole lot of faith in Michigan to win this thing, um, which says a lot about where the program is because you're about to play a team that hasn't played in two weeks and you're not even sure who's going to be taking the snaps at quarterback, but that's where we are. We okay to put a bow on it there? Yeah, I'm good with it. Okay. Okay. I'm happy we were able to provide this uplifting show for everybody heading in to the weekend. I hope you get a chance to enjoy college football. This one's at night, 730 Eastern on ABC. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, it gives you a chance to to kick back and, and watch a, a couple games beforehand uh, rather than losing a noon game and then you're just pissed off the rest of the day this this will be a, a nice change up in this uh, unbelievably weird and now kind of sad college football season so we'll catch you next week on the go blue crew if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at ty underscore fenwick Derek is at divine identity thanks for listening and go blue go blue